Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. What up, my friend? Pastor Paul here from Set Free Life Church. I want to thank you for joining me for real conversation, nuggets, and tips that'll set you free. Hit that subscribe button and share this out with your friends and family. And be sure to email me at recoverycoach at setfreelife.net if you have any questions, comments, or if there's a topic that you would like me to cover. Do me a huge favor and drop me a review down below to let me know how I am doing. So now we are about to get into our show. So get ready, grab your notepads, because we are about to break down the word of God to set you free. Welcome to another episode of Coach's Corner. I am Pastor Polly Barra, lead pastor of Set Free Life Church. I want to thank everyone who is listening to this podcast and also those who have subscribed and shared this out with your friends and family. I believe here at Set Free Life Church that what we are bringing is is totally um, applicable for everyone's life, no matter what situation you're in, whether it's um, addiction alcohol, pornography, any kind of bondage. That's what these whole podcasts are really pertaining. And that's what we are targeting for your life. So you can find me at setfreelife.net. You can go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and you can find all of that in my icons on my website so that we can connect. Okay. On today's show, I am interviewing my spiritual son, Jeremy Moore, and we are talking about pornography, the silent pandemic. It's very vital that we discussed this topic because this is a young man that went through this even before he got married. He was a virgin until he got married, but he was hooked to pornography. And he talks about the story that was behind all of that, that led him into this place. This story is one that is going to really impact your life. So I encourage you to grab your pen, your paper, take notes, share it out with your friends and family, and we're going to dive right into this. Now, this recording isn't, he's not here with me right now. However, it's a pre-recorded. We were on Facebook Live, so the sound quality may not be exact. However, it's going to set you free. So without further ado... Let's get the show started. All right, so Jeremy, do us a huge favor, bro, and let us know where you hail from. Let us know what you're up to. Let us know. Let's know, let us know a little bit about you, man, so that we can get this thing rocking. Yeah. So I was born in this place called Far Texas, which is literally far from 
the Metroplex <laughs> over here. Right. Could you not? Like eight or nine hours. Right. And moved up here to the DFW Metroplex when I was eight years old and have been here ever since. But born, born from South Texas, moved to North Texas, pretty much Texas my whole life. Right. Uh, been married for almost three years. This November will be three years for me and my beautiful wife that she's probably watching right now. And I have a one year old little boy that he's probably sleeping or maybe not sleeping yet. <laughs> right. And we have a little one on the way. So. Awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, man. But also, Jeremy, I want you to break down, bro, like ministry. Like, what have you done in ministry? Um, how did you get started? And let's dive into this conversation, man. Because yeah. I think you forgot that part. Bro. <laughs> you got a little nervous. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I uh, served in youth, min- yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> youth ministry for two years. Uh, for Breathe. Two- yeah. Breathe. I'm breathing. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I've been in youth ministry for about two years, and prior to that, I volunteered at uh, multiple churches. Uh, I went to school at uh, King's University at one point, graduate uh, class of uh, 2018. Right. Woohoo! Whoop whoop! And uh, I've, yeah, I've had different experiences in ministry from just uh, basics of just serving and volunteering to being in the youth pastorate role, and then now I've been working with Pastor Paul here and uh, my uh, my spiritual dad right here. and Big Papa. Big Papa. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So what we're going to dive into today, as, as you've read in the description and from the promo video uh, the other day and earlier today, is that we're going to dive into the topic of pornography, the silent p- pandemic. And I think it's very vital that um, that we're doing this topic because we've talked about it before. Uh, we just never really did anything about it. And, and, but now that we're building a church and now that he is part of the team, uh, working his, his way up to become that, that pastor as well. Um, we wanted to share our thoughts. We wanted to share statistics. We wanted to share the word of God, uh, about this whole thing that is really, truly destroying and distorting lives that are not only in ministry, but in our families, our homes, our marriages, um, and any anything that you're involved with, when you become fleshly in the porna- in the in the in the pornog- in the pornographic area, it will really truly destroy things that are around you. We want to be able to uh, get this message out because this is something that is really truly like a cancer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's with and we were me and Paul, uh, Pastor Paula talking about the. What, what we're going to name this uh, topic, what we're going to name name this, and I kept thinking about pan- the pandemic because we, we all know what's going on with the COVID-19, a huge pandemic going on in the country and the world. Right. But this one area of pornography is something that's very silent and nobody really talks about that much. Right. That's been around for a long time, honestly. It, it's it even been around like since like the, the, the start of time, honestly, this whole issue in general. Right. And... It's something that has to be dealt with. It's something that needs to be addressed in, in the church and uh, as a whole, as a culture. Right. And yeah, so it's re- I'm really excited that we're going to really dive deep and talk about this. And not only just talk about it, but uh, our prayer is that you guys that are watching will be set free if you're dealing with this. And if there's others that uh, you know that are dealing with it, they'll just be praying that they'll be set free from this issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. So without saying anything else, we're going to pray real quick. Okay, after Jeremy takes a sip of his coffee. Delicious um, flat white right here. <laughs> right. So, uh, Father, we just we just thank you and we praise you tonight. And we thank you, Father, for what you're doing already in the airwaves. And, Father, we know that you have prepared 
us for such a time as this. And you've prepared the, the people that are watching to know and understand that this is a pandemic. It's an epidemic. It's a cancer. It's something that will eat a person's soul. And we know that it goes on in the church. We know it goes on in ministry. It goes on in marriages. It goes on in families and it destroys. And so, Father, right now we bind that spirit away from anyone who is watching right now who is who is struggling in that area. And Father, we ask that your angels would encamp around them. We ask that your Holy Spirit would lead this conversation yes, and we Lord. give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Jesus amen. Name. Amen. Amen. I love what you said just a, a few minutes ago when you said this has been around forever. So earlier I was on the internet and I was looking up scriptures for porn and one of the articles said, this is something that it, that has been recent. Like this just started coming out like pornography. I'm a, I was so mad because honestly it's been around since we was kids and it's been around, like you said, from the beginning of time, adultery, all of those things, the, the lustful flesh, the prostitution, all of that stuff that has been going on since the beginning of time. If you read the word, you know that it's in there, right? Yeah, the Bible and, says there's nothing new under the sun, right? So yeah. There's nothing new. Yeah. And so for, for, for that article to be like, oh, this is something that's just coming out recent, that's a lie from the pit of hell. And this was a Christian website. And I'm going, really? No, dude, this is like everywhere all the time growing up that's all we had we had scrambler boxes that had hbo we'd, we 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 would peek at them and honestly we'd watch them fuzzy channels all of that stuff so this stuff has been out forever right i used to be hooked on pornography it was so bad at one point where i had to throw my computer out like i had to literally get rid of my computer when i had first got saved because it was a struggle so the truth is is that when I got saved, people think that when you give your heart to Christ or when you start going to church or when you start living your life in a different way, that all of these things just fall away, right? <laughs> biggest myth. Biggest myth. <laughs> yeah. Mario, one of the biggest myths that they tell you that, oh, that once you get saved, then it just like falls off like water falls off a duck's back. Like, oh, man, that's it. You're, it's done. It's right. Like the, the issue's done with. You don't got to deal with it no more. That's it. Right. It's plead, like plead the bullet if you have to, but yeah. that's <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like no, the duck is still wet. You follow what I'm saying? And so in this, what we want to talk about is is when when you're in that arena in church and ministry and all that stuff, right? When do we go for help? Who do we go for help? Where do we go for help? Will you be judged? Um, will the truth about my addiction cause me to lose my family or church? And these are serious questions because I've had people hit me up saying, well, porn is okay. Like it's okay. And my thought right back to that is if it's okay for you, then do what you do. But I know for a fact what pornography can do to a person I know what pornography did to me as a single man. I know what the struggle is in my mind because of the the uh, snapshots that I have of pornography, even in my marriage, right? And I'm going to be totally honest. Even as I've been married, there's been a click here and there. It's just real talk, right? And so have I dabbled deep? No, 
but it's that temptation. It's those things that come. And once you see it, like, oh my God, I can't unsee it, but I've got to get rid of it. Right. Because I know the effects. I know what that strand, that deeply rooted demon can do to a marriage. And so I want you to break down, bro, like your testimony, because that's what this whole thing is about. And I want you to flow. I want you to be relaxed. I want you to say, <laughs> and I want you to know that, that just share your testimony. Let us know how you've been delivered. Let us know and just, just, just flow with it, man. Just let us know what's on your heart so that we can help the captors be set free. Yeah. And, uh, Keep in mind, this uh, actually saying this, but this is really the first time for me even publicly sharing my testimony in this area. Now, right. I share my testimony that I came up from an abusive home and I came came out of that life. But I never really shared about this area. Right. And that's the thing with this area sometimes that if some if, if you've dealt with it or we dealt with it, you don't want to talk about it. Right. Because you feel ashamed that if even if you bring it up in the church, like, oh, you're... Uh, gonna be looked at as some type of way. You're gonna be pushed off to the side. You're gonna be like, "Ew, this guy's gross. Why? Ew, he's dealing with this. Look, look like we're shoved to the side." And so with me, it really started when I, when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Probably so. Just to give a story, when I was, gosh, I was like maybe eight or nine years old. My dad had this weird thing of of us that like to to show our manhood at that time as a child to uh, drop our pants and just to show off our uh, downward parts to see, oh, if, if it's, uh, if it's at a good size or not. And from right there, it was, wow. it was, it was traumatizing at the time. Cause then if, if it, if it wasn't according to my father's standards, then it, it was, it was very shameful. Right. And from, how old were you? I was like eight or nine years old. Wow. A little, little, little boy. And, Growing growing up with my with my dad, it was like he had that issue. He struggled with that issue, and it was almost like I was groomed in to think that way. That mm. porn was okay. That lust was okay. That the only way to grow up in manhood is that if you're lusting out after a woman, after you're getting laid, out, or if you're watching porn several times, and uh, and it even got to the point where there was there was I remember specifically there was a time that like shifted to where it was at a time just horrific when i think i was in high school and it was a regional track meet and we were out in the hotel and some of the guys got their cell phone connected to the tv and i'm like oh cool they maybe be watching something from their phone maybe a little movie because movies from the hotel are expensive to rent right like yeah we're not paying that money we're high school kids we don't got money anyway right and they they straight up played porn on the on the tv and all the other guys they thought oh it's clearly acceptable that's it is what it is and from there, it was just uh, on top of the way that I was raised from my dad, that it was just a uh, triggers of me going deep into that addiction. And I, uh, for the longest, I hated to say it, I was a hardcore addict. Mm. I was the addict of addicts. Wow. I, at one point, it was I was watching it two, three, four times a day. And if if I wasn't watching it, if I wasn't clicking something, I was always thinking about it over and over and over. Those snapshots. Yeah, and. And that's one thing to even address that with the snapshots that like, oh, it doesn't just like kapoom, just go away. Mm-hmm. And I remember there's a pivotal time that it was, I was just finishing high school. Uh-huh. And this was really the journey beginning for me to recover and heal from this issue. Right. I was walking downstairs and my mom, my mom's a very, 
very spiritual, very prophetically gifted uh, woman. And I came downstairs one day. I forgot what I was doing. I think I just woke up. And she, she, looked, at, uh, she looked at me and said, have you been watching porn? Have you been addicted to porn? And keep in mind, she, she didn't catch me in the act. She didn't go up in the room and see me uh, doing the deed, watching porn. She, she just straight up asked me, hey, have you been watching it? And I like just broke right there, like, yes. And she said, I felt the, the, the Lord told me that you were struggling with that issue. And it was a big wake-up call for me. Right. That, like, yeah, like God, that God exposed that mm-hmm. out into the light. Because with the exposure, began the healing for it. Because if everything's kept in the dark, then that's when healing can't happen. Right. And so from then, it began the journey of uh, healing for me. And keep in mind, this was I was 19 years old. I was already saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Went uh, previously came back from a youth camp, and yeah, I previously came back from a, a Holy Ghost filled youth camp. Right. And I'm still dealing with the issue. Right. And I'm thinking, I'm like, why was I still dealing with it? I got. Well, the Holy Ghost, I got the 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 whole shebang, right? Going through the fire tunnel, being slain, and all, all that, all that good <laughs> the stuff. Fire right? tunnel, yeah, going through those little fire tunnels. Yeah. But yeah, I was still dealing with it. And once that was addressed in the open, when my mom straight up addressed me, if I was dealing with it, that really right. woke me up to, well, I uh, I don't want to change just because, like, oh, just because my mom wants me to. Like, I I don't want this. Right. I don't want this in my life. I don't want this affecting. Me or, or my family, my because I wasn't married at the time at nineteen. Right, I don't want this to affect my future family, and it began the journey for me of healing. And through the years, like while yes, I've gotten victory, it, there's still those times that like you deal with those snapshots. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, that even uh, one of the myths is that, oh, once you get married, you're not going to have that issue whatsoever. <laughs> and even even in my even in my marriage. Yeah, they were still having to fight that over and over. And uh, and the times I even confessed it to my wife that I was still dealing with it, that was hard to do. Especially confessing to your wife because you don't want to, uh, you feel in the moment, you don't want to break their heart or anything. Right. And what really was a big pivotal moment after that, even through the whole journey of recovery, was my my wife had a dream. And in the dream she saw... We were both in the bed, and she saw me and her. But then, in between us, there in the dream, she saw another woman. Oh wow! And uh, she saw that I was uh, doing things. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home live cameras, so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. 
Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. With this woman, and she was getting angry, upset. And she, then the next, the next morning or the next evening, she told me that I had this dream. Have you been dealing with this issue? And for me, it was the, the, the scriptures that pop up like one, uh, do not defile the marriage bed. Mm-hmm. That the issue of lust and pornography defiles the the marriage bed, and and when I confessed, it was it was healing for me. Like, okay, like I it, it was a big wake up call right for me. Like you know what? Like I don't like I don't want this. This has to die. Right. This really has to die. I right. can't uh, I can't be fighting this. I can't be. Uh, it's time for it to die. Mm-hmm. And now keep in mind, I've been through the like 12 step recovery program. I'm all support for that hundred percent. Cause that does uh, right. miraculous things. Counseling. I've been through that too. Right. Uh, but one of the things that really changed my life was really submitting my life. One conf- confessing to God and confessing, uh, confessing to, to someone else about it, bringing it into the light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then really just submitting my submitting my life to God and submitting my mind to God. Cause, and I say mind too, because here's the deal, that this issue is meditative. Mm-hmm. That if you're not watching it, uh, if you're not watching pornography, if you're not clicking on, and, and here's another thing too, that uh, just because like, oh, oh, I'm just scrolling through Instagram and uh, that's not really porn. I'm just scrolling through Instagram. Yeah, but you're still thinking about it. Right. <laughs> the lustful pictures picture. still come up. Yeah, pictures still come up. Right. And that's still an issue, and uh, because because of that, I yeah, it, it was a lot of it was hard to admit it honestly, and I, and I was I'll be upfront and say that it, it's hard to admit stuff. It's hard to admit that because you don't because you think that oh, if I keep it in the dark, then nobody got to worry about it. Right. But they don't know it can hurt them, right? Right. As so people think, and. So with with it being meditative, I'm like the more that you, what the Bible says clearly about uh, being transformed by the renewal of your mind, it means it. There's importance with it, right? And that's where I begin. Uh, after really meditating on the Word of God, really spending time with God, really, uh, whenever the thought comes in, that to uh, to not be focused on it, because like the more and more you're focusing on it, the more that you're can be stay on it, right? And the more that I began to focus on God, the more I began to uh, read the Word of God more and not just glance at it like reading a textbook, really diving in, into it. Diving it, in. Yeah. It began to change my mindset. It began to change how I was thinking, how I was seeing, how I was perceiving. And 
God is the one that makes that change. And that's what God did with me. Right. That the moment I, I went to God and said, you know what? Uh, I can't fight this by myself. Right. I can't fight this on my own. I've tried it. I try to do different things, but I can't fight it on my own. God, I need you for this. And so really when I submitted myself to, truly submitted myself to God, not right. just saying verbiage, just to sound like I'm a good uh, preacher at submitting to God. Right. But really, honestly, being like, you know what? I'm going to just submit my life. Right. And really submit my thoughts, my heart, everything to God. So let's talk about the process, like, through that, bro. Like, like really talk about the process. The, the uh, testimony about how you got through it, that's, I mean, it's, it's powerful, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a powerful, powerful thing. But speak to the person right now that is saying, how do I work through that process? Because it sounds good the way you're saying it. It sounds great how you got through it, but you don't understand my struggle because I'm still in that struggle. Because let's face it, guys, our sin, we, we can look at someone else and say, man, that, that sounds awesome, but it can't happen for me. Because you don't understand the pain that I'm going through. You don't understand the process that I'm in right now. Though you've progressed, maybe you have a closer relationship with God. Maybe you're you're going to church more. Maybe you read the scriptures different than than I do. So speak to that person right now that is that is really truly in that position right now. Because I believe that God didn't have us do this broadcast just to do the broadcast. There's somebody out there who is dealing and not understanding that they can work through because when you, when I coach people, I tell them just like this, don't use the word. I deal with this problem Mm -hmm. because here's what happens when you deal with something, you're bargaining with something. But if you say I'm working through this, that means, you know, you have an issue. And when you have that issue, now you're working through it because you got to carry that thing through the muck. You've got to carry that thing through those struggles that you have. And so you're carrying this problem. And so there's a person out there right now that wants to know, how do I let this thing go? Like, what was your process? I'm not talking about just reading the word, which that's all great. Right. But I want, I want somebody to hear today and I want to know for myself how you really truly got through the process. I want to, I want to hear about the tears. I want to hear about the yelling at God. I want to, I, I want to know the hatred you had towards your dad. That's what people want to hear because that is what's going to set somebody free. Don't make me start preaching, baby. <laughs> right? That's yeah. what we want to hear. How did you get through that process? Yeah. Well, first thing, and I believe this is for somebody watching, but I was addicted. One of the reasons why I was addicted to porn because it felt, uh, in my mind, I thought if it was filling a void that I was missing in me. Mm. And so I thought, okay, like maybe I need to, uh, if, if I do this, I won't feel the emptiness anymore. But then every time it failed over and over and over again, I was still empty. Right. I was still empty over and over again. And that was the first thing that addressed is like, why am, do I keep going back to it? That's the first thing that if uh, someone's dealing with it. Especially because when you, when you click on that screen or you open that magazine, that person is not even real. Right. Right? Like, they're not even real. They're not even tangible. It's just, it's this thing. So, yeah, keep going. Yeah, like, like <laughs> that's like that's the first thing, just is like, why why do I keep going back to this? I don't need this because uh, I know with me, especially in my recovery process, there was times that, oh, like, 
uh, in my mind, I'm like, I know this is wrong. I know this ain't right. But then there was something in me that kept going back to it over and over and over and time and time and time again. And that was the first thing to address is why am I keep going back to this? What's going on? Right. And for me, it was because I had a void inside of me mm. that and, and when when I was really like d- diving deep into thinking, OK, what what's going on? Why am I why am I like this? Why I keep right. going back to it? Right. Uh, or put that in my, uh, drop that in my mind, saying there's a void in you. And think, really? Like, that has uh, it seemed like there was it had nothing to do with why I was addicted to it. Right. I thought like, oh, it's just like, it's pleasurable. It's yeah. it's pleasurable. I mean, blah, blah, blah. You created women, so you know. Yeah. You're supposed and, to look at it. And I kept thinking that, but then uh, when the Lord dropped in my spirit that it was, uh, I was trying to fill a void, and. And he said it like this, uh, you're trying to fill a void that only I can fill. Mm. And no one else can. You've been trying to fill it with porn. you try to fill it with lust. You try to watch it to make yourself feel better because you feel so empty. Right. And so after I addressed that, after really digging, and, and that's hard too, because for I know for guys, we really don't want to talk about uh, the in uh, the inward issues with us right and like oh we'll just uh we'll tough it out we'll be all right we're good we're good we don't gotta make it happen (laughs) yeah we don't we don't gotta talk about men don't talk about it so we for a while i just kept it to myself but once i finally addressed it wow i'm i feel this void and what it rooted to was because of because of my dad Hmm. that making me feel shamed and making me feel uh downward about myself because of the way that he perceived me, the way that he would uh, treat me. And so I, uh, it rooted to that, that I needed something to fill that void because every time I kept uh, feeling it, I, uh, that was my go-to. Mm. Oh, yeah. See, that's, yeah, that just dropped my spirit. That a lot of times uh, with porn, it, it, it's, it's a go-to for people to cover up the wounds or the sadness or the emptiness that they're feeling inside. Because of that isolation, because it's, it's something that, for me, when I was hooked to it, you know, for years, I mean, I was on, on methamphetamines. I was jacked up. I was out in California, just hooked on dope, everything, hooked to pornography, all of that. And then even as a Christian, when I got saved, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. Like I could not even try to get rid of it. Right. Because it's, it's this, it's this deeply rooted thing. And so what pornography did for me, right. In the flesh, in the lustful part was that was something that was that was mine it was my possession it's like the lord of the rings it it was it, it was my my precious even though it was killing that little dude on the movie right he still wanted it because it was his precious it was his image it was his fantasy it was his facade it was it was his thing and that is still going on in the church with pastors, in marriages, in homes, in businesses, in all of these things, in ministry. It's happening. And I don't I don't I don't care what anybody says. It's not good for you. Because if you're using that, if you're using that in your marriage bed, okay, your spouse and you are not looking at each other face to face. Yeah. You're looking at your spouse as the person that's on the screen. And let me tell you something, that will never be filled. You will never add up. You will never amount to what that screen is doing for you because now you've tainted it and placed something, an idol 
in that in that holy matrimony, you've placed that idol in there to where you're both broken, but that's all you've got because that's what is is constantly taking you to the next height of orgasms. And if you got kids out there watching, you might want to send them to the room. All right. This this is just real talk. So you're in that heightened stage, right? And so you're not looking at each other anymore as somebody that I love. You're looking at the other one as somebody that I lust. And so now a husband, you know, the wife may not even be knowing what's going on. He's in the bed handling business, but in his mind, he's worshiping her versus worshiping God. Yeah. And so that in, in itself is its own sin because God said there will be no idols before me. You follow what I'm saying? And so this, this spirit, this demon is so powerful all right, to the human flesh that people don't even really truly understand why. They don't. Because if if you're claiming I'm a Christian and you're okay with that, you're really truly not filled with the Holy Ghost, period. That's that's just, it's it's biblical. My spirit is not in you. You follow what I'm saying? I didn't know you, but I casted out demons in your name. I prophesied in your name, but I didn't know you. You see, the gifts and the Holy Spirit are two different things. I know you got something to say, so go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, like saying that even uh, some people will be uh, uh, claim that they're Christians. That, oh, culturally, it's okay. Everybody else is doing it. That it should be fine with me doing it. That everybody else is going out there. Culturally, it's acceptable. Right. Then, like, there's... It's all well. It sounds okay, right? And it's a, a false mindset because yeah, it destroys. Just to add on to what you said, especially in the marriage bed, that you're no longer thinking of uh, of your spouse. You're thinking of the image that you saw, and then you, it leads to you're worshiping that image that you're looking at that you saw uh, through the website, through the pictures, and it's never enough. Yeah, you'll always it's feel never enough. Yeah, and uh, with that, you always feel dissatisfied. Right, and uh, and that's. And that kills the marriage bed. Absolutely. And so that goes the same with the marriage that we have with God, right? It's defiled. It's tainted. It's jacked up. There's emptiness. There's all of that stuff going on. And I know this is a very tough conversation. And there's a lot of people that probably don't want to listen to this. And there's probably the people that, that, that have left the broadcast. But here's the thing is that we have to share this out. This is conversation that is not talked about in the pulpit, is not talked about in a church. There's only certain churches that will address this situation, but I believe that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. The Bible is alive. The Bible is well. God wants to expose this thing because my passion is to come for the church. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Do words come out of my mouth that probably shouldn't? Absolutely. I'm just I'm just being honest. This is just real talk. But the truth is, is this. When we look at the word of God, when we look at the New Testament, who was Paul coming after? The church. Yeah. He wrote, he was writing blogs. He was doing podcasts. And he was coming after the church. He wasn't coming after the sinner. He wasn't coming after the worldly person. He was coming after the church. Why? Because we are representatives. We are ambassadors in Christ, of Christ on earth. So our job is to keep the church right, 
Now, here's here's what I am going to say. None of us are going to be perfect. And I am not that guy that is going to judge somebody and condemn somebody. I'm going to check your fruit. I'm going to check your tree and I'm going to make sure everything's good because I'm going to keep my household safe. However, I'm going to meet you where you're at. But when God is done with you, you're not going to leave the same, period. Because our job as Christians is to help people walk out this thing called life. The pain that we have, those issues that we have. But what happens to the person that goes to church or goes to any type of church and all of a sudden, now you're condemned, you're in a place of banished, you're in a place of, listen, I was raised Jehovah Witness, right? And so the word there was disfellowshipped. You're disfellowshipped, you can't talk to family, you can't talk to people that are in the congregation, and I'm here to tell you, my friend, if anyone's battling that right now, that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is not what God wants his people to be. The Bible says it plainly, do not forsake the fellowship of your brothers. Help those that are in need. Are you just going to leave that person in the ditch? Jesus himself said it when they came after him about the healing, about the Sabbath. He said, okay, so if your donkey or your sheep or your whatever is stuck in a ditch, you're just going to leave them there because it's the Sabbath? You hypocrites. That's what he was saying was, you hypocrites, you ain't getting it. At the moment that the person needs their help, that's when you need to, 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 to really dive in and pull them out. I'm preaching, man. I'm sorry, bro. But, but this is, this is imperative for the body of Christ to know and to understand. Religion didn't save Polybara. Hell didn't scare Polybara. I was already in hell. I was cracked out. I was methed out. I was so sucked up, I couldn't see anything but the curb. That's how low I was. But when I finally found a relationship in Christ Jesus, I'm not a theologian, right? You probably know more about theology than I do. And I will never know all of that stuff. But here's one thing that I do know. The blood of Jesus saved me. The Bible says that that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. My testimony is here to help somebody else be set free because it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't the drugs and the alcohol that I had to be delivered from. I had to be delivered from me. I had to be delivered from the pain, the shame, the guilt, all of those things. Our lives are mirrored. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. 
Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. Except mine was 30-something years ago. You follow what I'm saying? This, this, this is real talk. We're just in different age gaps. That's all. And that's why me and his family rock so well because it was so familiar that when I met your mom, I had never seen her before in my life, but I said, I know you from somewhere. I baptized you. She's like, no, you didn't. Somebody else did. I'm like, no, I know you. Why do I know you? It's because of the familiarity of that spirit. You follow what I'm saying? And so that spirit is strong, guys. That demon is strong and it will come in and destroy your marriage. If it hasn't yet, the Bible says that that when the light comes, it exposes. So if you're hearing this right now and you're in a facade thinking that pornography is fine in your marriage bed and all that stuff is fine, the Bible says that when you know the truth, it'll set you free. So what does that mean? The truth that you come to understand when you're in the place, and, and I'm not sure where the scripture's at, but it talks about when you find out what is right and wrong and you keep doing it, is sin. Before that, you didn't know that it was sin. But now that you know it's sin, that's when it becomes sin to God. That's where the separation comes. And so I'm here to tell you today, listen, pornography will destroy your house. It'll destroy your spirit. You'll begin to manipulate. You will begin to hide. You will isolate. You will walk around with shame and guilt. You will walk around with pride. You will walk around with lustful stuff. You will start getting prostitutes. And I'm not just talking about the men. I'm talking about this is a pandemic in the women as well. Period. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. Sorry, man. I'm all fired up, dog. And, and I'm pe- ready to punch the devil, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and and people think uh, are not even, not even aware that how much it even affects the church and the body of Christ at all. And just to read some statistics. Now, these are not statistics that we just made up out the blue. Uh, these are from some of them are from uh, a guy named Dr. Ted Roberts that does the whole deal of the Conquer series, and then also mm-hmm. from uh, there's a, a, a like a app or a program called covenant eyes that helps men Mm -hmm. to recover from it and so from these uh websites there's a look just look at these statistics it's it'll blow your mind he's got this the the stats i just got the voice (laughs) go ahead bro uh the first stat here the first exposure to pornography around men is 12 years old on average wow uh, 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors view porn on a regular basis. Now, just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you're immune to it either. I don't know why I had to say that, but is that a say? Uh, 
of young Christian adults, 18 to 24 years old, 76% actively search for porn. Uh, and just to add on that, just because it's so culturally accepted that it's just like that percentage just keeps going up. Right. 59% of pastors said that married men seek their help for porn use. Uh, 50% of American divorces involve one party. Now, it doesn't say uh, the one party is man or, or a woman because like, it affects women too. Um, having an, an obsessive interest in pornographic webs, uh, websites. 56% of American divorces. Wow. Uh, 70% of Christian youth pastors report that they have at least one teen come to them for helping in dealing with pornography in the past 12 months. Mm. This next one really, uh, really hit home just because of the effects of uh, what it did in my own family. But 70% of wives of sex addicts could be diagnosed with PTSD. Wow. And this next number is probably the most shocking and uh, has to be addressed altogether. Only 7%, 7% of pastors say their church has a program to help people struggling with pornography. 7% out of all the thousands and thousands of churches in the United States alone, only 7%. And I just want to read this next statement and uh, says that... a 2014 study found that compulsive pornography users had greater impairments of sexual arousal and erectile difficulties in intimate relationships, but not with sexually explicit materials. Mm. So in other words, that uh, uh, the person that was addicted to pornography got more out of it from the porn than actually having sex with their partner. Well, a few years ago, I had researched that. I mean, like a long, like 12, 13 years ago when I was dealing with that. And what it does is it releases endorphins that's even worse than drugs. Yeah. It releases these endorphins. And watch this. Watch this. The Facebook app, right? Don't shut me down, Facebook. But the Facebook app gives those same endorphins, releases those same endorphins when you hit that app, just like pornography. And this is how much the addiction side of it is prevalent. All right. What I want to touch on right now, too, is 70% of the wives of sex addicts could be diagnosed with PTSD. So for somebody to tell me that it's not a problem in the marriage, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because the wife, listen to this. Imagine yourself, men, your wife. Okay, let's put it on us. Imagine this. One day, you think you're a rock star. You all up in the bedroom and you like King Kong and you like like Tarzan, right? And you think that you're rocking this thing. And then you come home one day and your wife is clicked on porn. Didn't even know you walked in. How's that going to make you feel? Let's be honest. Now, I know there's some jokesters out there saying, well, shoot, that's going to bring some enhancement to my room. No, man. For real. She's seeking something else. So put that in inside the mind and the emotions and the spirit of a woman that is fragile. The Bible talks about um, loving your wife, right, as the lesser vessel. The Lord showed me this a couple of weeks ago. It's it's in I think First Peter, right? It's not that they're lower than you; it's that they're fragile. A woman is fragile. 
So what is Peter saying? He's saying, I want you to treat your woman like this cup of Starbucks. And I want you to treat it as, as if she is fragile. So anything that you do to her spirit, anything that you do in the physical, it's going to, it's going to rob her of her emotions. It's going to rob her of her, of her dialect. It's um, not, not dialect, but, but her intellect about the marriage and about herself. And it's going to bring that self-worth down. It's going to bring that self-doubt, the insecurity, all of that stuff. So you can't tell me that it's not going to destroy a marriage or it's not going to destroy a ministry because what it does is it distorts. You see, that's how the enemy comes in. He wants to distort your mind and he wants to camouflage some things because now that he can distort you, he can destroy you. And that's where the enemy comes in. And so I love these statistics not to say, oh, ha, 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 look at these pastors, they're this and that. No, but I love these because I'm sure that, that these statistics aren't totally accurate. I bet the numbers are even higher. I can almost guarantee the numbers are higher. Yeah, because no right, question about like, yeah, it's... They're, they're right? very high, yeah. So when you look at this, only 7% of pastors say their church has a program to help people struggling with pornography. So what are you doing with the other 93% of, of your ministry? What are you doing? Is it just the lights? Is it just the cool little background? Skinny jeans. Is it the skinny jeans? <laughs> Is it some nice beard and worship? And, you know, guys, we're just going to play the violin. And, oh, my God, we're just going to worship God. But you're just creating this smoke and mirrors behind the scenes that no one is able to come to somebody and say, I need some help. Even if your church doesn't do that type of ministry, find a place that there's a resource that you can send them. Or, you know what? Real talk, just be there with somebody. And say, you know what? I don't know what you're going through. But talk to me. Help me help you. Let me get, help get you to a place. Let me find somebody. Because I can almost guarantee that there's going to be somebody that has dealt and worked through this problem, this issue. All right? Now watch this. You have anything else? No? All right, cool. So watch this. Sorry, guys. I'm just... I'm just it's his fault. He got me to Starbucks. <laughs> so common myths. What they don't know won't hurt. Like he said earlier, once I get married, my lust will go away. A little bit won't hurt nobody. I'm just dabbling with it. I'm just dabbling. It's okay. But watch this. If I was to take this cup of water and I took a little bit of poop and I threw it in that water, you still going to drink the water? I doubt it. So don't sit here and say, ah, a little bit won't hurt nobody. This will enhance my experience in the bedroom. This is educational. No, you know what's educational? Finding out what your spouse is about. Finding out what's about what, what she's about on the inside. I used to be that guy when I was out in the streets just being stupid, just being an idiot. Everything looked good on the outside. I had to make sure that they looked good on the outside. But on the inside, they were jacked up. <laughs> trust me. And I was jacked up. I don't care how many hats I buy. I don't care how many cool chef free shirts we, we have. And that's just a plug. Y'all can get some shirts from us. All right. 20 to $25. Okay. But the truth is, is that we look on the outside, but we don't take time to look on the inside. 
We have got to look on the inside, guys. Now, I'm not saying go and marry a lizard. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Obviously, there's some attraction. There's got to be something there, right? I heard it said like this one time that uh, if, if you're going to uh, marry somebody, like uh, uh, you, you better you like what you see because you're going to wake up to them every morning. <laughs> you are. But at the end of the day, they've got to have some relational intelligence inside of them. They've got to have something in there that is pliable. They've got to have something of flexibility. They've got to have some type of something inside in order for you to continue to wake up with that person. And that's why I believe there are so many broken relationships because we constantly look at the outside. And so that's a whole different topic about carrying your baggage from relationship to relationship to relationship. So back on topic, how does it affect a marriage? Watch this. And this is all stuff that the, that the Holy Spirit was just dropping in me the other day. A distance or a wedge. That's what it's going to cause to your marriage. Sexual hindrance with your spouse. Because if you're able to go to this computer, not this one, but a computer, and click on that computer and get your rocks off, let's just be honest, why would you have to go and do all that work to go and lay with your spouse? And this is men and women. Don't you women sit here and, and just look at us men. Y'all are dirty too. Okay? Y'all got eyeballs. Y'all got emotions. Y'all go through the stuff. Y'all are tired of waking up to somebody who farts all night. Let's just be honest, <laughs> right? Sexual hindrance. False expectation. Watch this. False expectations of a script that doesn't even exist. These directors and producers of these pornographic films, they make it seem like if, if there's a FedEx girl that comes to your door, then it's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> and you're waiting at the door going, oh man, there's a FedEx truck. Woo! Look at that girl coming. Like, whoo! Look at that girl coming. Oh dang, she don't even look like a girl, right? Like a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> it's distorting everything, guys. It distorts every single thing. You have dissatisfaction because you're never going to fill that void. More selfishness will arise and betrayal. Let's go a little bit further. How does it affect a family dynamic? Watch this. False stories, like we just talked about, those scripts, breed false outcomes. What you're expecting your spouse to come with every single day is breeding some false outcomes that you think are supposed to happen. This thing taints. This thing paints a... a a pretty picture. It, it paints a, a facade. But you've got to have some, some inward. You've got to have the inward part to be able to sustain a marriage. If you want to jump in, go ahead and jump in. Yeah. Uh, well, this one, the next one that, uh, that pulls you away from your children and family. And I, and I experienced that with uh, as a kid because my father was heavily addicted to pornography. And I've seen the result of that. that like the... Uh, one, the, just the, the tainted view of like he saw uh, saw women in general, but then also what happens because with sexual addiction, it pulls you away because it you become self-reliant. You become mm. uh, dependent on yourself and right. you don't want anybody else around you so that you, you stick to your little corner with your mm. laptop or your, uh, or your phone and you think that, oh, like you're uh, just self-satisfying because nobody else can, nothing else can. So you, it, it pulls you away. It pulls you off to the side and right. you distance yourself. 
whether you think uh, well, you think uh, it's not a big issue, but you're uh, pulling yourself away from uh, your uh, marriage and your family. Right. It brings that that huge wedge, right? Um, not teaching your your children the godly views of sexual morality, shame because you feel you will never measure up. Yeah, the the not teaching the children with godly views because it. And, and we see it culturally because of how culturally accepted pornography is. You see it permeate with like how like especially like with kids are nowadays. It's like thinking that like if if you were to look at it, just even uh, like in the fifties or forties, uh, culturally we're more conservative, especially sexually more conservative. But even in the recent years, uh, the U.S. especially just becomes so sexually liberated that it's almost like everything is permissible. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone that's an addict uh, to pornography will even teach that to their kids because that my father taught me that they're like oh yeah. like if if you do this to a woman that 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 then uh, oh like you're gonna you're gonna now get, you're a man yeah you're a man now you're a man's man because you're doing all these other things uh, these other putrid horrible things right and, and thing like oh it's okay it's fine and it taints your view. Uh, of, of how you see sex, that, that what you're meditating on is how you're going to project to other people. Right. So somebody that's addicted to it is going to project that to uh, their wife, their kids, and people around them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so in closing, all right, what steps can be taken to be addressed? Number one, like Jeremy said earlier, confess your sin, confess your sin to a trusted friend that will really pray. Transparency with your spouse regarding to your struggle, right? So if you're in that marriage right now and you're struggling with pornography and you're struggling with that stuff, I myself, honestly, this last week had to call back up to pray because there were snapshots in my mind. There were dreams that I was having that were too, too damn real. All right. They were too real when I woke up and I said, you know what? There's a reason why I'm being fought because Thursday we about to slap the devil in the face, right? Because there's some things that you just can't unsee. And then there's some things that, that the enemy will try to taint, especially in a pastor's mind, in a Christian's mind, in a leader's mind that, you know what, this can actually possibly happen. If you make this happen, Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. And I'm not even going to go there, period. And so I called the backup and said, listen, I need prayer. I need this thing broken. But I knew 
because we're walking into this season, into this broadcast, that that stuff was going to happen. I even told my wife, listen, I'm struggling. I had this crazy dream the other night. I didn't go into all details with her. All I told her was, I need you to pray. And so she said, okay. So she's been watching me the last few days. Like, are you okay? Are you good? Yes, I'm good. Thank you. And that's what it, that's, that's where, that's where the enemy doesn't want us men or women to come to. They don't want us to be able to share that with our spouse. I don't hide nothing from my, my wife. She knows that I struggle in that area. She knows that, you know, that I'm throwed. I'm a little bit throwed y'all. Like I'm crazy throwed, but she knows that I'm not in here clicking on porn. Because when I did have that struggle, I let her know, hey, this and this and this going on. When I used to run my business doing construction, I used to tell her I was at a store and somebody was flirting with me. And she would just start laughing. You know what I'm saying? Because the myth that this is going to keep you from, you know, keep women away from you. I'm sorry. An ugly dude like me, women see this and they're like, huh. Especially when they find out that you a pastor. The anointing is attractive. Hey. <laughs> like, oh my God, he's he wasn't religious. Ooh, man. It's it's all bull. You follow what I'm saying? And so going going to scripture, because now we've we've broken down testimony, we broke down statistics. Now we're gonna bring the word of God. James 5 and 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now I advise you to go towards somebody that you trust. Men stay away from women. Women stay away from men. The truth is you start praying for each other. It starts getting a little bit intimate. Now, now the, the, the uh, female and the male knows each other's problems. Guess what? There's an attraction there. Men pray for men. Women pray for women. Amen. Now, Recognize that you have a real enemy. Don't act like Satan don't exist because he does. And if I could touch on that, actually, that uh, that was even one of the things for me that I had to really uh, come to terms with. Because even even at first, I'm thinking, oh, it's just a a, a habitual issue. Oh, I just got to I just got to fix the habit and it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But then I kept denying that, oh, there is actually a real enemy behind this. Right. And the moment that you really recognize that there is a real enemy, it's not just a habit thing. It's not just something, oh, like you just got to... Uh, flip the switch. Flip the switch and just uh, make say sure... Say this prayer. Yeah, say this prayer or fix your habits, making sure like it's all like all your ducks in a row, that there is a real enemy trying to take your life. Right. A real enemy trying to take out your family, your marriage, your mind, your soul, everything. That the devil is really trying to take... Uh, take us out. Absolutely. And when we recognize that, that now we come to terms with it, like, okay, like now I know where the battle really is. Yeah. And not to say that uh, fixing your habits is bad or anything like that, but it helps. But when we know it's really the enemy behind it mm -hmm. that is trying to uh, come against us in our minds, in our families, then right. that's where it really starts uh, right. to take back that ground. Absolutely. Um, I like that you said, take back that ground. Pastor Sean and I did a podcast last week. It's, it's on iTunes. So you can go to coach's corner. Um, 
uh, and there's an episode, episode 28, I believe, that me and Pastor Sean did. And so he's from the military. And so he broke it down. In order for you to, to stand ground, first you got to take ground. And so when you said that, it just, it resonated because all these things that I'm remembering in order for us to stand our ground, we can't be in a place where we haven't taken ground yet. You've got to be able to take dominion over your area and call and, and, and speak to that devil and say, you're not, you have no authority over this house. In the name of Jesus, you have no authority over my life. You have no authority over my mind. And so going back to to the whole process, I, I I can almost guarantee that when he had to pray through that struggle, through that process to progress, right? It was those 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 real prayers saying, "Get out of my mind, get out of my home, get out of my marriage, get out of get out of this atmosphere." You've got to take authority in Christ in order to defeat this enemy. So John ten ten says, "Excuse me, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy." This is Jesus talking, but he says, but I have come so that they may have life in that life more abundantly. So what's he saying? When the enemy's coming at you with all these things to destroy you, come to me and I will give you rest because I am going to give you life, right? And so when we come to Christ and we submit ourselves to him, really, truly submit, the problem is, is the reason why you're not getting your breakthrough, and this ain't just about pornography, is because you do not know how to submit to leadership. You do not know how to submit to God. You do not know how to submit, and you're trying to do everything on your own and trying to one-up your leader. That's not how it works. And so Jesus is telling us right here, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come so that you may have life and that life more abundantly. Number three, accountability is a must with trust and real talk with the same gender. Like I was saying earlier, you need somebody in your life that is going to give you real talk, that is going to give you the truth tell. How many times have I told the truth? All the time. <laughs> a lot, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and, and like it, it, not necessarily always like the little like uh, cuddly, like, oh, it's, it, it's okay, buddy. And just like, just be a real talk. There ain't no Google Gaga, right? <laughs> I've had people in my life that have told me the truth. Like, hey, don't ever do that again. You ain't supposed to be doing that. I'm talking pastors that were my mentors. Like literally grab my face and give me a little slap. Like, I love you, but don't do that. All right, cool. I got you. You follow what I'm saying? Like, like the, you know, Godfather Mafia clap. You know what I'm saying? Like slap, right? So, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I'm just going to go through these scriptures because we've already gone an hour, so I don't want to keep you that long. But it says, must be compassionate and treat the, the addiction as an addiction. Don't treat it as something that's just covered up. Oh, it's just under the blood. Yes, it's under the blood, but you still have to walk it out. You still have to do your part. You still have to do your portion. God does his part. I do mine. That doesn't mean that, okay, well, God's going to deliver me. Click, click, click. I, I keep looking at it. God's delivering me from it. No, that means you get away from there. You abstain from that thing. You walk away. I had to throw away my computer 12 or 13 years ago, literally took it, 
took it outside, beat it with a with a freaking baseball bat and threw it away and didn't have a computer for about six months. I had to do that. I had to fast internet. That's that's even back when everything was dial-up. It's real talk, right? First Peter 3a says, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Don't be judging nobody, man. Don't be judging somebody because they have a problem. What problem do, do you have behind the scenes that you're not allowing anyone to draw out of you? You follow what I'm saying? Last one is choose the better and healthy path. Jeremiah 29, 11, which is one of my favorite scriptures. It's my wife and I's uh, marriage scripture. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. So in closing, if Satan can get into your minds, he can take over our emotions, our habits, our actions, our outcomes, and it turns into our disobedience. It's time for us, like you said earlier, Romans 12 and 2, do not be conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that perfect and acceptable will of God for your life. Because God's will for my life may be different from your life. Everyone has different paths. However, scripture is all the same and it's God breathed. It is breathed by the spirit of God. And so when we read those scriptures out into the atmosphere and we walk that thing out, if you've got to get rid of your computer, get rid of it. If you as a pastor need to step down so that you go and get help, if you have a true team that is on your side, they're not going to kick you out. They're going to lift you up and they're going to help you through that process. If you have that struggle, it's time for you to go and get some help. Amen. So, Jeremy, you got anything to say, man? Um, I kind of took it over there the last 10 minutes. <laughs> well, this one thing before we uh, go in and pray for, uh, for everyone that's watching, I just want to addresses a I don't know who this may be for but uh somebody that's watching whether you're watching live right now or you're gonna be watching through the replay that this has been a generational issue that you've been dealing with this for generation after generation amen I dealt with it uh my uh, father was an addict uh he he died as an addict uh, uh my uh uh, grandmother from my father's side had that issue too, and it just uh, and it was all generational. And once I realized, oh my gosh, like this this generational curse ha stops at me. The, mm. the buck stops now. Right. And so, if you're dealing with this, uh, if you're if this has been a generational issue that you've had family members, you've had parents or grandparents that have been dealing with this issue, it's time to break it now. Mm -hmm. That uh, that it's up to you. That. You can be that pivotal change for your kids, your grandkids. You could be the pivotal one that breaks that curse off your family. That's why you're listening to this broadcast right now, because you are the one that God is choosing to break that curse. And what I want you to understand, too, is going along with what Jeremy's saying. Don't take the burden on yourself. Give it to God. Allow God to work in you and stop that generational curse. And it may not even be manifesting in 
pornography. It may be manifesting in drugs. It may be manifesting in manipulation. It may be manifesting as a narcissist. It may be manifesting in some way, shape, or form. It's trying to uh, manipulate your mind to think that, well, you're not hooked to that, so you're okay doing this. No, that spirit is a demon. And like you said, it's a generational curse that comes down and, and and continues to trickle down. And so we're going to pray. We're going to pray against that thing. I'm going to let you lead us in prayer. And then I'm going to finish the prayer. Amen. Because you've been delivered and you're continuing to, to push forward. I want you to speak life. I want you to break curses and I want you to do what you do. Amen. Yes. All right. Heavenly Father, I, I just pray over every... Uh, Anyone that's dealing with this right now, that uh, it breaks off their life in Jesus' name, that uh, yes. every uh, spirit of lust and perversion must go in Jesus' name, that, yes. that anyone that is bound by the spirit of lust and pornography, that, uh, that God, you're setting them free right now, even in this very moment in Jesus' name. Yes. And that, Lord, I pray against every generational curse, that if this affected uh, some of the folks that have generational curse in this issue, that it is broken off of their life their kids, their grandkids, it is broken off in Jesus' name. Yes. And Lord, I pray that you're giving every uh, person that has been addicted to this, you're giving them new life right now. Yes. You're restoring their mind. You're restoring yes, their Lord. heart. You're restoring their spirit. That uh, the tainted views that they have seen, that God, you're making uh, you're making it new. That God, you're restoring their mind. You're restoring uh, what they have seen into what you want them to be. Yes, Lord. And Lord, I just... Lord, I just pray if there's been voids that they have been filling, they've been using porn for voids, Lord, that you begin to fill that void, Lord, that yes. only you can fill. Yes, Father. Nothing else can fill the empty emptiness and only you can, Lord. So I just pray that you're filling everyone's void right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray that if uh, for someone that, uh, that has been wounded uh, by this issue, uh, from a, a spouse dealing with this or uh, a spouse that uh, dealt with a, an affair, that God, you're healing them right now. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray that you are restoring marriages, families, uh, father and son relationships, mother and daughter relationships, father and daughter relationships. You're restoring families, Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you. And God, I just pray that uh, that everyone that watches this, whether uh, it's live or the replay, that God, you are just restoring everyone's life that is watching this. Yes. And help us to see how you see, Lord. Help us to see other people how you do, Lord. And so I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, right now we just break every curse. We bind everything that would come against this broadcast right now, Father. Father, I speak to that pastor because I'm a pastor myself. And I speak to that pastor who is struggling with this demon right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. As they're watching this live or they're watching the replay. Father, we bind and we break every curse that would come against that man of God. Satan, you have no authority over that man of God. You have no authority over this atmosphere. You have no authority over this 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 broadcast. You, we send you back down to, to hell in the name of Jesus where you belong. And every lie that you've put out there, every tainted thing that you've put out there, everything that you're causing in the atmosphere right now, devil, you have no authority over any of us. Any of this racism, bull crap that's going on, we bind it right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we speak life into this, this atmosphere. We speak life into homes. We speak life into every marriage right now, Father, in the name and by the blood of Jesus. I speak strength 
strength right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. I speak weakness in that place of lust, Father, so that your spirit would come in and infiltrate and fill that person with the Holy Ghost, God. Father, we bind religion right now in the name of Jesus. We bind that thing away from people and we release right now relational relationship with you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I pray right now, Father, that you would touch every word that was spoken tonight. I pray, Father, that you would bless Jeremy in his marriage, his home, his children, the house that he's going to buy, the places that he's going to go, that he doesn't have to count on anybody but you in the name of Jesus. I speak a blessing over his wife right now, Father, that those children that are coming from from her womb right now, that they are already blessed. They are already named as pastors, Father, that there are churches being built. There are ministries that are just going everywhere, God. There is movement in the atmosphere, God. And so, Father, I speak over this man of God that's right next to me. I pray, God, that you would anoint him and that the ministry that bursts forth from him is helping those dealing with pornography. And so, Father, right now, we just release that into the atmosphere. I say it prophetically, God, that lives are being restored through this man of God in the name of Jesus, that you would touch every bit from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And anyone who's watching out there right now, Father, we pray that you would bless them, you would keep them, and that you would shine upon their face and cause them to prosper. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So then I dropped some garlic and croutons on there, and the rest is salad history. I made the best salad ever, people, and now I'm making the best app. The Caesar Sportsbook app got live in-game betting, parlays, and Caesar rewards. Caesar salad ain't got nothing on my app. Nothing! Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat 1-888-532-3500. Download the Caesar Sportsbook app. Your app is ready, Emperor.